Transfiguration. It may be a few words, Greek words, you already know the meaning. It's from the metamorphosis. It means the change is from the caterpillar to a butterfly. But it cannot correctly describe what happened to Jesus on this Sunday. To understand one of the famous Bible passages, I want to use the angle of what if I'm a Peter or be pretended like Peter. Are you ready to be pretended like Peter? Be permitting the text of Jesus' transfiguration. There are some notable actions from Peter in previous chapter 16. Chapter 16 started with Jesus' rebuking to the people who keep demand for signs, and Jesus answered, A wicked and adulterous generation looked for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. As you know, the sign of Jonah means it refers his death and resurrection. Also, Jesus warned the disciples to be careful of the east of the Pharisee and the Sadducees. In the beginning, disciples misunderstood Jesus talking about the bread, but Jesus says, no, you have little faith. How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the east of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Which means Jesus says, hey, my disciples be careful on the false doctrine and the practice. And ongoing, Peter confessed about Jesus Christ. Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answers, on the rock, I will build my church. And Jesus promised the keys of the kingdom of heaven to Peter. And they may continue our public ministry like Apostle Church. And right after that, Jesus predicted his death and resurrection. So, escalated and promoted Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked Jesus. Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus answered, get behind of me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. It is really clear that Jesus did not build his church on the name of a person, of Peter, but on his confession of faith. What Peter said is similar. It's like a never Lord, that part. It's similar to what Satan had told Jesus during those 40 days of temptation in the wilderness. Satan's point was not carry our Savior's mission. Jesus called Peter a stumbling block. Its original meaning is the crooked stick in a trap to which bait can be attached. So, now what Peter's saying is like tempted Jesus' ministry not go forward. Jesus said to the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The story of transfigurations can be found in Matthew, Luke, and Mark. 
We will meet Jesus' glorious transfiguration today with Matthew. Please remember, we are role-playing Peter today. First, Jesus readies Peter and us for his passion by displaying his divinity. Verse 1 and 2, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Six days later, from Peter's rebuking, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. I'm surprised Jesus never gave up on Peter. Instead of all 12 disciples, Jesus picked only three. It reminds us Jesus' prayer at Gethsemane. Jesus went with Peter, James, John. And it seems like those three brothers are Jesus' best three. However, I believe I am Jesus' best one. But no one agree. As you are also. Okay, feel better? Because Jesus' death and his resurrection made it possible to make you and me as his best one. Those disciples are not really different from us. Jesus rebuked sleeping disciples. Couldn't you, man, keep watch with me for one hour? Jesus asked Peter, watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Aren't we in agreement with this sentence? Doesn't it make us say amen immediately? Because in our Christian life in this world, our spirit is willing to do, but our life and physical life and actual reality is so weak. Jesus makes his disciples ready by displaying his divinity today. Jesus' face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. It reminds of us a couple other events in the Bible. We read Exodus 24 today. The Moses' face was full of the brightness after he see the glory of God. He came down from Mount Sinai, but it was only a reflection of God's glory. On the night of Jesus' birth, our glorious Lord shone around the shepherd at Bethlehem. And the bright and shining of the angel at Jesus' tomb on Easter morning. This is not the moment of upgrade or renovation of godliness in Jesus. Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. However, in many cases, Jesus did not use his divine power so he could fully obey the Father's will of salvation for the world. Jesus' divine glory made itself visible to humans' eyes. In this day of Jesus' transfiguration, Peter, James, and John, they received a preview of heavenly glory as we foretasted the heavenly banquet by partaking in communion. They were really privileged to see Jesus' divine glory, and it was his own 
as the Son of God. Not only Peter, James, and John. But we are all privileged to see Jesus' divine glory. We can see it. Can you see it? Yes, by our faith. And this faith came from God. Can you say that, Lord, it is good to live here, as Peter said? Yes, because Jesus readies us by displaying his divinity. Jesus Christ gave us the truth to live in this world in brightness. Our work is not alone. Our Lord is with us always until we have a great reunion in heaven. So let us see the second reason why we like to live here. Jesus readies us for his passion by offering a glimpse of heaven. Verse 3 says, Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. I have a question for you. Why did Moses and Elijah were chosen to appear? I understand because I cannot find answer neither. We call it as an open question. And another question for you. How did Peter know who they were? Since Peter never met Elijah and Moses face to face. I could answer this part. It is the heavenly knowledge from God. I believe when we are in heaven, we do not have to introduce ourselves to others. I believe when we are in heaven, you don't have to learn foreign language to talk with the foreigners. I believe in heaven, I don't have to struggle with English anymore. <laughs> heaven is the perfect place, fullness of righteousness, and heavenly knowledge dwell among the saints. Today, when I teach the seventh grade, eighth grade catechism class, we're talking about the Trinity. Father God, Son God, Holy Spirit God. But Father is not Son, Son is not Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit not it, Father. It's not really understandable and explainable. And then I call it, that's the heavenly knowledge. Father revealed himself to us. Moses can be considered as a great lawgiver. And Elijah was one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, both Lawgiver Moses and prophet Elijah were great servants of the Lord during the critical point in the history of Israel. Unlike many false teachers who say, Old Testament people were saved by keeping the law and the New Testament people were saved by believing Jesus. Believe it or not, when I was young, one of the evangelists in church taught me like that. But repeat after me, we know the truth. Jesus Christ is the timeless Savior. He is. Jesus Christ is the timeless Savior for the Old Testament people and the New Testament people. There is no differences. They believe for coming Lord Jesus Christ, Messiah. We believe who came and he will come again, the Lord Jesus Christ, Messiah. And in verse 4 says, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here if you wish. I will put up three shelters, one for you, 
one for Moses and one for Elijah. After Peter saw Jesus' transfiguration, Peter says, Lord, it is good for me. When I was a young preacher, I know I'm still young for you. At the time, I had a tendency to read Peter's saying here in a little bit of a critical way, sharp, try to look at little different things. And I thought Peter's consideration was such as a little bit of selfish attitude of reality. If they stayed over there with Jesus, Moses, Elijah, James, John, and Peter himself, how about other people? How about other disciples? However, when I'm getting more gray hairs, my eyes to see the Word of God have been softened and humbled, and I asked myself, if I were in the moment, what kind of reaction would I have made? First, I'm going to drop my jaw. And second, I must feel afraid of that mystical scene. Reason why I'm sinner, I don't, I don't really want to see the glorious and holy moment with my bare eyes. And third, I may realize that the mystical perfection over there, wow, it's awesome, perfect. It's like heaven over there. And fourth, I may wish to prolong the moment. I don't want to go back to my actual life. Our feeling is a gift from God. Yes, feeling is important. But we need to remember that our feeling will not always be in tune with our faith. That's why we better not leaning on our feeling. When we despair, our good Lord lifts our despairing heart by his word, especially gospel. And help us to remember God is our refuge. God is with us always. Why do we like to live here? Because Jesus gives us a chance to see the glimpse of heaven. We are not in the heaven yet, but already Jesus gave us a chance to taste and glimpse the glory of heaven in your life here. We can live in the true hope of heaven. And there is a third reason why we like to live here. Jesus readies us for his passion by receiving the Father's stamp of approval. Verse 5 says, While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. A visible appearance of God to man. This moment, we call it as a special term, like a theopany. The moment of divine presence often comes with cloud. And this cloud does not bring mist and darkness. This cloud is bright and brilliant and radiant. From this cloud, God the Father speaks lovingly about his Son. This moment perfectly parallel with the moment of Jesus' baptism. That's why we celebrate the season of Epiphany, the revealed the Lord himself from the Jesus' baptism. And today is the last season of Epiphany. As Pastor announced, our Lent season will start from coming Wednesday. 
the word of salvation performed by Jesus. And also it is approved by God the Father in his term when he say, I approve. In the Greek word originally says, I approve, he is my son. Or I take delight in. And God the Father says to you and me, listen to him. As you know, but not many people listen to him. Many people reject him. In Korean, I, I want to teach you Korean a little bit. The life, L-I-F-E, we call it sangmyeong. Could you say it? A good job, better than my English. And it comes from Chinese word. Two characters. The first word, sang, is the original shape is alive. And the second word, myeong, is order. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. So in Korean Bible, we say, Nanen kiriyo jiliyo sengmyeongini. As a Christian, as a believer, I understood the word sengmyeong as someone who listened to Jesus as God the Father ordered. Because Father ordered you today, listen to him. Someone who listened to Jesus, who has real life in him. Someone who listened to Jesus through the listen, hear the gospel, they got the faith, and because of the faith, they could live their life in here as the children of God. You may hear many times about the terms of spiritual blind and spiritual death. Are you spiritual blind? No. Are you spiritually deaf? No. Today, the Lord, by his expose his righteousness and glory to us, and he make us sure to live our life in here. Lord, we will live here as your children in the light. The kingdom of God is really here only for those who listen, believe, and live by the king's order. We can see the glory of God with our spiritual eyes. We can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in this worship service by our spiritual heart. There is a general simple tendency that all the religions are the same, and then there are many ways to heaven. However, without Jesus Christ, no one can live in the life, brightness, hope, and faith. There is no new life outside of Jesus Christ. And verse 6, 7, 8 says, When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up. He said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Again, simple human beings are afraid of the holy and almighty God. Peter, James, and John were exceedingly frightened. And they fell face down to the ground. Our good Savior, Jesus Christ, reassures his people with comforting word, don't be afraid. But not only by word, but also by Jesus' physical touch on them. Jesus touched them and said, don't be afraid. We know that sometimes one soft touch on your shoulder is better than many words. 
what happened was real, but the moment has passed already. The cloud is gone, Moses and Elijah are gone, and they must go back to their actual life, normal life. After this worship service, you must return to your actual life. But nothing to worry. Jesus is back in his natural earthly state, and Jesus is clocking his divinity again for complete his work by crucified and the resurrection. Verse 9, as they were coming down, to, down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been, has been raised from the dead. As they leave the high mountain, Jesus commands to Peter, James, and John, don't tell anyone why he did that. I think we better proclaim what happened over there. But Jesus said, he didn't say, don't tell forever. He says, hold it until I died on the cross and alive from the death. Without the crucifixion and the resurrection, we cannot see the whole picture of Jesus' ministry. And Jesus tried not to fuel any false Superman idea on him. Our current trend, our current resent trend of theologians outside of our church body is emphasizing the historical Jesus as a human being and his life. If there is any effort to water down the mystical truth of a triune God, any result from those efforts cannot be in tune with the Word of God. It may understandable, but that's not really truth. We joyfully live our lives in this world, not because of our physical healthiness and wealth, but because of my, our spiritual healthiness and wealth. Jesus read this Peter, James, John, and you and me for his passion by displaying his divinity. And Jesus read this you and me for his passion by offering a glimpse of heaven. And Jesus readies us for his passion by receiving the Father's stamp on approval. Father says, this is my son. Listen to him. Amen.